1: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: It's time for the Rutherford Report on
0: 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
2: Our Blues insider, Jeremy Rutherford, joins us here on 101 ESPN via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And JR obviously can have his work read in The Athletic. You need to subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com. junior you've been doing this job for a long time, whether it was covering the University of Illinois or covering the Blues uh, or covering the Rams, as you you did. Um, Michelle and I were just talking about how she's going to travel next week and going to spend so much time actually in the air It used to be back in the day when we had – this was even after TWA and Ozark. You used to be able to cover a Denver Broncos game, Rams at Denver, fly in on the Sunday morning of the game, cover the game, and fly home on Sunday night. There's no way you could do that now.
3: No, there's not. And I don't travel as as nearly as much as I used to, Randy and Michelle. Uh, But uh, those last few years that that I was covering almost every road game – it was amazing, like I would try to book a flight to Columbus, and I would have to go through O'Hare to get there, or you know some short flight, and you're making two or three connections, so yeah the what once was a big hub is certainly not the case anymore.
0: yeah, sometimes yeah, you're better off driving,
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely, and we've done that, like Nashville, we don't even think about flying that one, jump in the car and drive down to Nashville, and sometimes Chicago too up and back, so um you know long long gone are those days, Randy, right? No doubt.
0: Well, Jar, there's a, a long list of questions that the Blues need to answer this offseason. And at the top or near the top for me is Vladimir Tarasenko. What do you think the Blues are thinking about Vladimir Tarasenko and his value? And do you think there's a chance they leave him unprotected?
3: Yeah, so it's pretty multifaceted. First of all, you got to think about the uh, situation. What can he do? Can he help you? You don't want to trade a player who all of a sudden maybe he can score you 25, 30 goals. Do I think he's going to be that player in the future? Probably not, but the Blues have to assess that. So after that, you have to evaluate are there any trade uh, situations out there? Talking to teams. That's what Doug Armstrong does best, talks to a lot of teams. You know, uh, is there interest? Can they move them? Is there a player on the other side that the Blues would want that could help them more than they think Vladimir Tarasenko could help them? Then finally, you have the expansion situation do you leave him unprotected i think there's a couple reasons you don't i think number one is uh if he doesn't get selected you've got a sour player and obviously you can have conversations with him about that but i think uh, that would leave a sour taste in vladimir tarasenko's mouth and then you have him for two more years and i mentioned this a week or so ago guys that uh, vladimir tarasenko left agent mike liute Mike is really good friends from his Hartford days with Ron Francis, the Seattle Kraken general manager. So do they have a conversation where they say, hey, maybe you want to stay away from this guy? Who knows? Uh, All I know is that the chances of him actually getting selected are probably pretty slim. So the best route, if the Blues wanted to entertain the idea of moving Vladimir Tarasenko would most likely be a trade.
2: Now, that being said, if you do protect Vladimir Tarasenko does that mean you, and I hate the idea of this, does that mean you have to leave Barbashev exposed, and do you think Seattle would take him? If I were Seattle and I was looking at the Blues list, I think that Barbashev would be the most attractive guy
3: to me. Yeah, I think uh, if you're talking about protecting Tarasenko, which, which I was, then uh, Barbashev would be exposed uh, because if you're going to protect, you've got to protect Cairo, you've got to protect Thomas. Uh, Peron, as we've mentioned, is, is definitely a guy you protect. And then uh, Sunquist is the big one. Now, keep in mind, Sunquist is coming off the, the torn ACL surgery, and also he had surgery on his hips that were bothering him prior to uh, last season. So he's coming off uh, quite a substantial surgery uh, there. So will he be the same player? You hope he will. I think, though, at that price tag, you have to protect him because he would get gobbled up. So, mm-hmm. yes, you're right, Randy. It would leave Barbashev exposed.
0: Jared, I want to circle back to what you said about Vladimir Tarasenko in a trade and that potentially being the best option for Doug Armstrong in the Blues. What do you think the appetite is around the league for Vladimir Tarasenko?
3: It's a great question, uh, so you can write that on the uh, board there. Another (laughs) great question. Uh, I heard one yesterday, too, so you should be leading in that department. I actually Uh, am
0: by, I think, (laughs) three right now. So thanks, Sherry. You just upped it to four.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it is, though. And and I have the same question. What is the value, you know, uh, around the league? He's had the three surgeries. He comes back. He scores what just four goals in twenty four games, you know, waits until the third period before kind of comes alive with two goals in that Colorado series. And he said throughout the end of the year that his timing wasn't there. So obviously timing is something that's gonna eventually come. He goes to the World Championships. He had a shootout goal, I think, an assist the other night in his first game with Russia. So the games are definitely gonna help him. But I've put that question out to people around the league and, and they believe that there would be a few teams who would sniff around on Vladimir Tarasenko. So I I, I don't have a lot of information. I just want to say that I don't think it's a situation where 30 other teams say, no thanks.
2: Jr. you have been talking a lot about Jaden Schwartz, and with the flat cap and with what his salary was, there's no way, if I'm the Blues, that I offer him what he was making before. The question then becomes, with the flat cap, is there another team that's willing to match Based on his production, what he has made in the past from the Blues, I don't see that team out there either.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. I do think he could probably be close to what he's making outside. I think there's going to be teams that are going to look at uh, the analytics, and and you know, tough to explain in a phone interview here, but. They have been really good over the years. And, you know, teams are always looking for tenacious players, dogged defenders, guys who, you know, they're on the ice for more goals for than they are against. But here in St. Louis, we've seen a situation with Jaden where the offense has been just big time inconsistent. And so, you know, I think if you're the Blues and there have been other players, I think, on this team who've taken less to kind of stick around, if Jaden Schwartz wants to take, Five five two, which would be less than the five three he made last year. Then I think they find a place for him. If James Schwartz is wants to be five five, if, if he thinks he's a six million dollar player, then I think he's going to test free agency. And I agree with you in that I don't think he's going to get six million dollars even on the open market with that flat cap and with that inconsistent offense.
0: Jeremy, maybe it's because they're the team that we saw the most recently. You bounce the Blues from the postseason, or maybe it's because we're the best team in the league. But I look at the Colorado Avalanche as the standard. How far away do you think the Blues are from being competitive, truly competitive, with a team like Colorado?
3: Well, I I sat at brunch yesterday morning with uh, David Perron, friend of the show, by the way, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Big time. (laughs) And I asked him that question, and he said, not far. So if he's a friend of the show, you got to believe him, right?
0: Yeah, (laughs) we believe DP-57. (laughs)
3: <laughs> he you know he just feels that you're never as far away as it looks and he pointed to the blues just not doing some things that they did uh, this year just not playing the way that they needed to play and and he, and he also said look at what Doug Armstrong has done. Whenever it looks like the blues are going to take a step back, or going to lose a David Backus. You know, they bring in somebody else. They've lost a couple of players over the past couple of years. And Alex Petrangelo, he brings somebody else in. He, he's always trying to, to take that step forward. And David Perron, he said, I have faith in army. I firmly believe he's going to do what he needs to do this year. So he felt like a combination of some retooling, Uh, with the roster, and also playing, just playing better hockey than they played this year. And then I guess we have to throw in being healthier than they were last year. That's uh, David Perron's rationale for why he thinks that they're closer than a lot of us probably think.
2: We talked about Tarasenko. Do you think there's a move to be made in the top six? And I asked Army about that because it's my belief that the moves to be made are in the bottom six. But when you look at... uh, Shen, uh, O'Reilly and Shen are your, your centers. Apparently, you're going to have Tarasenko and Peron as your top six right wingers. And then, if you bring back Schwartz, you, you need to find a left wing. Maybe it's Costin. maybe it's not. Do you think there's a move to be made there?
3: I think there has to be. I think they have to entertain the idea of a couple of things, Randy. If it's not, and I know this would be uh, headline news here, but maybe Vladimir Tarasenko moves to the left side. I know he likes playing his uh, off wing. He's been on the right side. David Prahn, we know he likes playing on that right side as well. But one of those guys I think is going to have to move over to the left side. And when David Prahn is leading your team in points playing that side, I think he deserves to stay where he's at. So do you go to Vladdy and ask him about playing that left side? Clint Costin, you like the upside, but I don't know that you can go into the season penciling him into the top six. So to me, I've said this time and time again in the past couple of weeks, I think that even if you bring Jaden Schwartz back, you have to find somebody on that left side Uh, in the top six it can't be just jaden schwartz because if you don't get the offense you're not getting any offense then from your top six uh, left wingers it's been zach sanford sammy blay ivan Barbashev, Ryan o'reilly david braun need help on that line they're not getting it doug armstrong's going to have to address it
2: and if they want to have if they're going to keep shen at center and they they want to have robert thomas in the top six fact of the matter is he's played his best nhl hockey on the wing
3: he has, and, uh, you know, he's going to have to take that step, and he didn't do it last year. They went into training camp. I remember talking to Craig Ruby a couple days before camp started. I said, are you giving Robert Thomas a chance in the top six at center? He said yes. You know, he got a great opening night. But we know that he didn't get off to a great start, and then he had a couple injuries. So I think if he's healthy, you give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. But he's to me, he's got to come grab that. It just can't be given to him. If he wants to play third-line center, if he wants to play you know, on the wing and produce and then show he can play in the middle and the top six, then you give it to him. But to me, on this team, Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen are your two centers until somebody pushes them out.
0: Jer, it feels like just yesterday that the Blues won the Stanley Cup, but now here we are, two postseasons, two early exits, two teams that didn't live up to expectations for one reason or another. And I know that Craig Berube was the guy that transformed the Blues and that the guys in the dressing room have a lot of respect for him, but... Professional coaches oftentimes have a short shelf life. And when you look at this season with a team that struggled to find their identity and at points, Craig Berube felt like his messaging wasn't getting through, that he kind of took a step back and had the assistant coaches be the pervasive voice at times. I'm just wondering if Craig Berube is still the force in the locker room that he once was.
3: I I think he is. uh, And I'm not saying that uh, gets extended two more years i think at this moment he still is again to fall back on that david prong conversation yesterday i asked him that what do guys think about uh, what about craig bruby and he said still love him still love the assistants you know we feel confident in our staff that's not to say there won't be any changes with the assistant coaches this summer there could be but the faith in craig bruby is still there and you know this is a, a tough conversation because i feel like uh when, when I bring these things up, it's making excuses. And the first thing you do as a reporter, you bring these things up and, you know, the hounds come out that you're making excuses for the team. I firmly believe that if not for the pandemic, this team goes into that postseason pre-pandemic and it probably has a pretty good run and how would things be different but that didn't happen and now you have a situation where they had to play up in the Edmonton bubble and and guess everybody else did but the Blues it didn't work for them and then you come back this year and you have a a ton of injuries so to me I want to see Craig Berube coach a healthy team that gets a little bit retooled in the offseason and if the intensity is not there they're still struggling in the second period. They're still losing home games. Then we definitely need to have this conversation. I just don't feel like they're there yet.
2: JR, one more thing. I'm a fan. I want Gabriel Landeskog at left wing, and I want the Blues to get Jack Eichel.
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you, you sound like my Twitter feed right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, uh, I have I, I, said here a million times already, I'm – aside from the fact that Eichel is making $10 million and Carey Price just became the first $10 million player to win a playoff round, uh, aside from the fact that he, he's he got that salary and the term of that salary, he's also got a bad neck. I'm concerned about him. And I have to believe that if Rantanen's making $9.5 million with Colorado and they have cap space, that Landeskog is going to be a $9.5 million player.
3: I think he's got to be. And uh, while I do think, you know, it's hard to predict these things. We saw that with Alex Petrangelo's situation. You know, it seems like it could get worked out, but for reasons that you just mentioned, you know, Rantman's salary. They're going to want McKinnon to be the captain. Uh, a couple of people have pointed that out. Uh, that Landis cog may be the guy that that gets moved. And, and to me, I think you're right, Randy. I think if, if you had your choice, Eichel or Landeskog as great as Jack Eichel is, and he could, wow, make this team look even more deep up the middle. Uh, I think Landeskog is the guy that you'd want. You need that left winger. You need a guy who can score a guy who can play with top players and a guy who, if he has to, you know, be physical, drop the gloves every once in a while. We've seen that from Landeskog. So, uh, you know, Doug Armstrong is going to have some cap situation in the next couple years. Can they fit an eight $9 million Gabrielle Landeskog into the uh, lineup? You know, I think they can, but it's going to come at the expense of one or two of these other players.
2: JR, great stuff as always. Thanks so much. We love reading your work at The Athletic, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: Yeah, peace coming out on Dave Pran in just a little bit. Looking forward to it. We'll read it.
2: That is Jeremy Rutherford on 101 ESPN.
1: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.